and welcome to the Black and White Podcast, where we seek to filter the gray world around us through God's Word, with radical grace, raw truth, and real hope. I'm Denise Pass, and this month we are discussing the role women play in our culture and the worth of women. This week and next week, we are honoring moms of daughters and sons, respectively, and then we will conclude the month with the authors Elise Fitzpatrick and Eric Schumacher to share on their book, Worthy, Celebrating the Value of Women. The scripture for this episode is taken from 1 Peter 3, verse 4. You should be known for the beauty that comes from within, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. Uh, you guys, I, I'll tell you what, <laughs> I have a little surprise for you coming in a minute, but we're just trying hard not to laugh right now. But I'm going to get through the rest of the, this intro and you'll see who my special guests are. Very special Guess <laughs> I thought we weren't going to be seen. No, no, no. You're not going to be seen. You're just going to be heard. All right. All right. That moment when I first laid eyes on my firstborn daughter, I never had a sister growing up, and I hoped one day I would be able to have a daughter of my own. And there she was, mine. And then God blessed me again with another beautiful daughter, and my heart was so full. And later, after having a precious son I always dreamed of, God gave me another precious daughter. And later, I was blessed to be able to adopt a son as well. Two sons and three daughters. It sounds like the name of a movie or something. I like. <laughs> yeah. And the thing I longed for the most was to protect them. And today, I have my three daughters on this episode with me as we discuss moms and daughters in honor of Mother's Day. Girls, welcome. Hi. Hello. Hi, Yay. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. We have one of them is via Zoom and two are here with me and we are uh, majorly roasting each other before this episode. So. <laughs> but I thought about when I thought about what I would share from the mom's perspective, three main things I sought to teach them came to mind when they were growing up. I wanted them to always know they were loved and accepted and I wanted them to know and love God, love his word and know their worth. And so I'm just going to go through those three things, and then they're going to take the floor. Uh, so to know God, when they were babies, knowing God and reading his word was infused in our culture. And Bible time together and books, movies, and music, you know, were Christian. And my heart's desire was that they would know that our Christian faith was not empty religion. It wasn't just about trying to be good. It was about loving God and living like we did. Our faith needed to be lived out. But we weren't perfect, and this is where we see grace lived out, forgiveness, and the need for God in our relationships. Uh, another one was to know God's word. My tribe would tell you that I brought them and bought them about every devotional ever made. Is this true, girls? Very true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. Probably every Christmas. And every birthday. <laughs> with a devotional. <laughs> I have like 20 in my closet still. <laughs> and also uh, when I came back home from the homeschool conference, I would like find so many awesome resources and bring them home. And poor Deborah, I think you probably have read the most of them. And you've told me, stop yeah. giving me some. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to get around to reading those as well, but um, I'm, I think I'm on my uh, second to last book from, uh, from over the years. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, no, it's, it's not time wasted. And so it's been, it's been really good. Oh, awesome. 
You know, I would say also that y'all's involvement in other godly organizations like the homeschool co-op I started or Teen Pact, as well as always being involved and serving at church on the worship team, though sometimes that may have tired you guys out, had a big impact on you guys. What would you guys say? Yeah, I mean, especially uh, with Teen Pact, um, that really influenced um, my life and, you know, made me see for the first time what it looked like as, you know, teenagers and young adults to, um, to be pursuing a relationship with Christ and to be living out, uh, your faith. And so, you know, that kind of showed me that sort of relationship as, as far as young people, but then also having, watching my mom, you know, as an adult live out her faith, um, in Christ just kind of reiterated what I was already, you know, being around. And it was just a really good experience. Awesome. Well, I, I am so grateful for the different organizations that are out there. And so moms, you don't have to do it all. You aren't the only one who's going to carry the message of the gospel to your daughters. Um, I know that even though I didn't do teen pact with both of my sisters, um, I'm still on the worship team with my mom and it has definitely helped uh, impact my life with the way I worship, with the way I um, study, with the way I put um, effort into the, into the way I want to witness. Mm. So it's definitely impacted me personally, just seeing my mom worship and seeing how she leads the worship team has been amazing for me. Oh, well, thank you. You inspire me and our congregation as well. So I'm grateful for you doing that. I think that being on the worship team has really grown me a lot over the years because I started like in the choir when I was 11 or 12 and then worked my way up to doing guitar and piano and singing. And I got more and more comfortable doing it because the first time I sang by myself, I could hardly get the words out. And I was like choking and people <laughs> in the audience are like, she going to sing or like, what's going on? And I honestly, I think it's just really grown my confidence a lot. And like, I think it's grown my relationship with God so much too, because should I say that again? Yeah, you can say grow my confidence again. Cause I Deborah think, has the silence. I alone. think it's grown my confidence a lot um, too in not just like performing and worshiping God, but also my confidence in general, because sometimes like just the mm. audience out there can be so intimidating and it's like overwhelming. And I feel like in life that happens in a lot with different situations when it's overwhelming for you and basically how you face that is so so important but um mm. yeah uh, and, and then teen fact I did that with Deborah as well and I thought that really really put me out of my comfort zone they had so many different activities and things that they wanted you to do in order to well push you out of your comfort zone and one of the classes that I attended they pushed me so far out of my comfort zone that I ended up getting senator without even trying because <laughs> they literally were like all right Annalise are you gonna they nominated me for every single stinking position and so I had no way out of it um and so I ended up getting senator without even trying and that was the one that was the time that I told God I was like God I am not doing anything out of my comfort zone I'm just gonna attend this class get my government credit and go and he was like just kidding you're gonna be in a leadership position and give a speech in front of everyone so anyways that's super long but yeah definitely impacted me I think they say the fourth child is the one that's the most outgoing. I don't oh, know. Okay. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> okay. But you know, serving together is so key. 
uh, one thing I did not want to do was leave my kids just at home. So they would go with me to women's conferences. They would go with me different things. And that was a testimony because it isn't just me. I'm nothing. It's Christ in me. It's Christ in my kids. And we're called to, to be that representation of Christ as a family. And so the third thing too was to know their worth in a world that treats the worth of women as something that comes from their appearance or what they own or how many likes they have on social media. I wanted my girls to know where their worth came from. Next uh, week or two weeks from now, we're going to actually be interviewing the authors of the book Worthy, which you don't want to miss. And moms, this is not something we can accomplish on our own. We need God to help our daughters to see their worth. And one thing I did many times to my kids was when they were little, I would say, pray for wisdom, ask God for wisdom, because I knew that it is so hard. We are so influenced by this world around us and we forget our worth, that we're children of God. And so that was a huge thing for me as well. Uh, Girls, do you have anything to say there or? Yeah, so the Lord spoke to me when it came to knowing my self-worth, um, having, I don't know if, uh, if you guys have been following from the beginning, but we shared some of our story in an um, earlier podcast uh, that we did with our mom. And um, and so, you know, having gone through what we went through, I, you know, felt for a while that I was dirty or that I was unworthy. And um, through a series of events, I just remember... Um, driving home in the car one day. And I just felt just the the enemy was just whispering lies to me, telling me that I, I, that I didn't deserve this or that I, he wasn't good enough or that I was dirty. And so I just started praying and I was asking God, you know, um, I was like, God, show me that I'm, you know, worth it. Show me that I'm worthy to be pursued by a godly man. And, you know, God just, I just kept on praying and I just was interceding for myself and, and those uh, very, very distinct time in my life where I know that I know God spoke to me and he said, I pursue you. And it was clear as day. And I felt, you know, I just started crying and I was just so thankful. And that was just such a turning point for me. No matter what you go, in, go through in life, our worth is in Christ because he's holy and he's perfect and he's good. And and we don't have to be perfect. And that's, that's what's so cool is because God is so good and because there is no, no flaw in him. And, but we are flawed, but he sees us white as snow. We aren't dirty. We aren't, you know, we're not sinful. God sees himself when he sees us. And that's, it's probably the biggest thing that I learned from that experience. And I'm so grateful for that. Oh, thank you so much, Deborah, for sharing that. Uh, So now I'm going to turn it over to you girls. I asked my daughters to share one of the main lessons they caught from me and a question they would have for me now. So they're going to put me on the hot seat. So I'm going to hand it over to them now. Okay. Well, let me see. One thing I've learned is that in discipline, you put aside all anger, all hostility, anything you may feel towards us for what we've done wrong. And you show us love in the best way you knew how. And as I move into wifehood and in a few years motherhood, it will show me how to show love to my kids, even through all that discipline. Well, you're very kind to say that, but the truth is I also have my moments of anger. (laughs) If I can humble myself here and say that. Only for me. (laughs) 
but you know, it, and it's a tiring job. So I want to speak to those moms out there who are, you have when you're those moments where your kids are disobedient or when the struggle just feels like you're never going to overcome it, be consistent, as consistent as you can be. And uh, I would send my kids to the bathroom and wait for me. And sometimes I'd forget that they're in there. Yes. <laughs> But because I just didn't, I didn't want to do it in anger. I wanted them to understand why there was going to be discipline. And, you know, that there's in God's word, we see this, the need for discipline. And when we know that there's pain, when we disobey God, that helps us to want to fear God and live in a right way. But uh, Abby, I'll tell you, as I've watched you, uh, you have been a nanny of many people and not people, but children. (laughs) And your ability to nurture children and just how much kids love you, you've not only caught it, you've probably surpassed me and just how much you're so loving toward kids. And so it's such a joy to watch you do that. Well, that's amazing to hear. Thank mm-hmm. you, Mom. So I do have a question. Um, what is a way to constantly show respect to my husband, even on things we may not agree on? Uh, I, I don't know that I've ever gone through anything like that. Yeah, I, you have disagreements? <laughs> Me and my husband, we're I'm single. I'm very single, please. <laughs> so uh, the fact is everybody has these moments and we can feel so condemned by the enemy of our souls because we're not perfect. And I think the greatest truth that has helped me in this regard is to not choose an offense over my husband. It uh, doesn't mean I won't be mad in a moment, but when I get right with God, when I go before him and, and I confess and I ask God to show me, and I think that's it. Are we under the Lordship of Jesus Christ? You know, our flesh can be prideful and respond when offended, but what if we choose to love our husband and let go of the offense? Is being right more important? And, and this is something I remind myself of. We don't marry a perfect person and he doesn't either. <laughs> People matter more. I just keep coming to those three words because I've seen how people get offended and people um, separate from one another. And I'm thinking, really, Christ died for that. We should forgive one another. And so I think for me, I would just say, choose your husband over an offense. Mm -hmm. Choose him over it. I have a memory that uh, when, you know, as a little girl, when everything first took place and uh, my parents had separated, uh, we were watching this documentary on Gladys Aylward. And I just remember, even as a little girl, like the, the missionary in that movie was just um, a wise woman. And the, the kids called her Iway Day. I'm going to so mispronounce how to say that, but that's essentially what it sounds like. And, um, I just remember, you know, watching this documentary, looking up at my mom and I just said to her mom, your I way day. And, you know, she, my mom was ruthless when it came to pursuing the promises of God's, uh, pursuing the promises in God's word. And, you know, it's, it was such a testimony to me, even though she was going through the hardest time in her life, Um, She was losing hair because of how much stress she was under, no matter what she went through. And this is something I'll always remember is she was, she always held on to the promises in God's word. And uh, that's, that's one of the biggest reasons why my mom, even though I've never said this to you, so this will be the first, first on this podcast, you are my biggest hero. And I couldn't be so, I just couldn't be more grateful for that. 
Well, I'm trying to get myself together over here. <laughs> uh, Deborah had shared that with me yeah. before, and it has always brought me to tears because, you see, it wasn't me. It was, as you said, Deborah, just clinging to his word. And when the enemy wanted to destroy our family, and when it looked like there was no hope, and all that I wanted for my girls, I thought, oh, God, is there any way you can heal us? And... Um, so for me, uh, it was clinging to his word. So Deborah, thank you for sharing that, honey. Um, oh, yeah. Christ oh, yeah. is my hero. And you guys are my heroes. Mm-hmm. I have three precious daughters. You're my hero. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Peer pressure. <laughs> You're my hero. Too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for you moms listening, this is because I was desperate for God to help me and what I thought must have looked like failure. As I dropped to my knees and cried out in front of my kids many times, God used it to shape and change me and to show my children how to draw near to God. It wasn't perfect. I wasn't perfect, but I hungered after God and his word to help me. And I promise you, whatever situation you're in right now, if you will cling to God's word, first and foremost, even if it seems crazy and you feel like the worst mom ever, you're not. Hunger after God. He will make you into the mom he needs you to be. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. To other moms who may be listening in or or wanting some tips, you know, what is what is something that you, how, how did you do it? How were you able to hold on to God's word? You know, what would you say are a couple of tips uh, that you could give to others? Wow. You know, there's probably so much I could say in that. I think one thing that I recognized early on is it's very difficult to be a disciplined person. I would, and you guys can probably attest to this. There'd be times where I'd be like, here's the new schedule. (laughs) We're going to do it this way now. Because uh, in the natural, we drift. And it was so hard. And I think that's been the thing that I wrestled with over the years was how can I be passionate for my Savior? And so I tried to make up my own traditions for our family, things that would help, you know, like we did an angel food cake for Christmas that represented the purity that Christ brings to us and the strawberries, the blood that he shed for us. And I, I just didn't want to just celebrate the holidays without encountering God. And so it was challenging because sometimes little kids can be restless and may not be as deep yet as you're wanting things to be, but it was um, trying to find Christ in the daily that really is what I wrestled with. And uh, sometimes I was really consistent and sometimes I wasn't. And it was this perpetual hungering after God. I think that was, you know, the biggest thing. Yeah. Oh, how are you conducting yourself now that will set up your kids for success in the future and also create the love life with your husband uh, that you need for a successful marriage? Well, I think God has blessed us so much with Clay because my tendency was to, as a lot of moms can be, to um, over-nurture. And <laughs> I don't know if anyone's going to say amen when I say that, but he came in. Woo! And- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <Great. Ooh. laughs> Me? Over-nurture? Wait, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
like you were, no, like you were saying just to me yesterday, you were saying, mom, it's too much oh, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was mean. <laughs> and so, you know, my precious husband has helped to make sure that, you know, the kids are going to be a little bit more independent and, and not that they don't, you know, still come to me and we, we talk about issues in their life and I talk to them about mine very much so, but um, he was really a blessing in that regard to help. But um, one thing my husband and I try to do is have regular date nights because we need that time just to, life is so hectic. And if you don't take a little time out to be apart, I think someone said this years ago, if you don't come apart, you'll come apart. And so uh, you need to have those times where you say, this is just you and I, let's talk. And sometimes um, I can, I can work a lot. I'll put it that way. Uh, I have a passion for the ministry I do. And so I can leave things to the dregs where my husband and I will talk. And, and so there's errors that I've made in that. But what I seek to do is involve my husband in what I'm doing. He involves me what he's doing. You know, he has a boat that he's made. I want to encourage him in that, um, that he's uh, built and fixed. Uh, He got it used and um, what do you call it? Fixed it, fixed it up. But so it's just trying to, uh, I want my kids to see a healthy marriage. I want them to see what it looks like when there's just, you know, I'm completely in love with my husband. I adore him uh, and how we work out times when we disagree and how, you know, we live for Christ and try to have a passionate marriage. And my hope is that that will be something that my kids see as an example and will help them to have a healthy marriage as well. Yeah. And I want to say, you know, some of my friends have commented on the relationship. I don't know if you guys want to add this in the podcast, but but some of my friends have commented on the relationship and said, you know, wow, they have such an incredible, you know, passionate marriage. And, you know, like some people think, well, I don't know, but I just know that like they've described their own parents' relationships and, you know, said, yeah, no, like my parents just aren't really affectionate or they just, they're not like your parents. Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, it's just, you guys really do live, you know, live out your relationship and, and really show that you do love, love each other. And so like, I think that really speaks to other people and they want that they're drawn to that. Um, so it's just, mm. yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people have just even wanted that for themselves. It's just, it's really mm. shown that you have a good relationship and it's, it's just been really neat for me to see as well. I'm so thankful for that example. And, mm. um, yeah. Oh, praise the Lord. I think when you're so broken and you've experienced just horrific uh, things in your past, uh, for me and, and for Clay, we would both say we're just so grateful to God for each other. and We want to cherish each other. And so, and if there's any fellas listening, which I doubt there are, because this has been uber goober girly episode, which is so awesome. and I love it. Um, <laughs> but whistle at your wives. My husband does that to me daily. Right, no. <laughs> <laughs> and he he makes sure to let me know, as he says it, I got it going on. <laughs> Woo-hoo! And, and that does yeah. just bring a joy and a, you know, a freshness to the relationship. Yeah, I'm Padre's best. <laughs> hey, guys. I know it's been a while. <laughs> hey, guys. So, um, anyways, <laughs> I'm just going to say, 
Um, I think personally that I have learned a lot from my mom, but one of the things specifically is to put myself in other people's shoes. Cause I think growing up, um, I went through as like a period of my life where I was super bratty and I was like, everything's my way or the highway. No. And, okay. <laughs> and I was Ooh. like, I'm gonna tell you what to do. And I, you, it's going to be my way. And I'm going to control everybody because Aww. I think that was just something that like, is it almost a defense mechanism? Because mm-hmm. after the divorce, it was like, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like everyone was losing it. And I was like, well, someone's got to be the daddy. It's going to be me. (laughs) I was like, Clay's not here. And we didn't even know Clay existed. So I started being the daddy because little Russian baby boy, Sammy was a monster. And I was like, he ain't going to be a monster under my rule because no one else is controlling (laughs) That is super off topic. Basically, I learned like going on topic to putting myself in other people's shoes. So basically when I went through that bratty period, my mom would always tell me like, instead of me judging people, like, how do you think they feel? Like, how, how do you think what you say affects them? And I was like, oh, I never thought about their feelings. It was just always me, 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 you know, like, I'm the greatest. I don't make any flaws, you know, many mistakes. And like, she always, always brought it back to, well, how do you think about them? Like, think about their feelings. And then I like that was drilled into me all the time whenever I was like judging someone wherever I was saying something and so I got to the point where whenever I was having conversations with people I was always very careful to what I was saying because I was like what if I was in their shoes I wouldn't want people to talk to me like that I wouldn't want people to judge me like that I wouldn't Mm -hmm. want you know all these different things and so I just think yeah the biggest one is just like how you're treating other people put yourself in their shoes because like treat other people the way you want to be treated Mm. You know what's a blessing? I just feel like sharing this to the moms listening right now. You may feel like you share things a hundred times and no one hears you. I mean, it's a blessing for me to hear because I I said to my girls, I said, you tell me what you want to share. What is it that you learned? Because as moms, sometimes we just don't know, right? We don't really wonder. We wonder sometimes, do people see (laughs) what we're doing you know, sometimes you're rising early, you're taking care of everyone, and there's different seasons of motherhood. And now I'm approaching the empty nest, which is a very weird time. But I want you to know, moms, that your lessons are caught. Don't be discouraged. Know that God is using you. You are doing a holy work. You know, and and this this thing you just mentioned, Annalise, this was such a hard thing to teach because on one hand, I was, you know, the verse I kept sharing to you guys when you were younger was out of 1 Corinthians 15, 33, do not be deceived, bad company ruins good morals because there are bad influences. But I also knew that there was a danger of self-righteousness and thinking that others were the bad influence. And we all can be a bad influence at one time or another. And so it was a hard thing. I mean, parenting's hard and it's hard to know how do I convey this, you know, to my kids. Well, and with what you just said about like bad company corrupting good morals, I think that's almost made me like that was also drilled in. And it's just like, you know, who are you hanging around? Who are you hanging around? Are they influencing you for the best? And like, Throughout high school, I was like in and out of friendships. I'm like, this person isn't good for me. This person is good for me. Oh, just kidding. This is, person isn't good for me. And I'm just like trying to find like who's good for me. And okay, if they're good for me, do I even enjoy them? I mean, it, it almost made me 
kind of like really, really picky in who I'm friends with. But honestly, I think that you should be picky with who you're friends with, because if you're not, then, and you just allow like whoever into your life, then that will end up determining how your life goes. Um, and you should be determining how your life goes, not your new good friends, you know? Mm. Um, but anyways, aside from that point, uh, I also had a question and that was, what has been the most successful trick that you have found to getting stuff done and moving forward? The reason I asked this question is because I've struggled with motivation and getting stuff done. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's about it. Uh, what do you got? Yeah. And you're in that transition period to adulthood. Yeah. Annalise is 19 and uh, such a tough time. Yeah. Almost 20 <laughs> to, uh, make that transition to adulthood. And I do want to say on the heels of what you said too, that uh, moms, you're going to be unpopular sometimes when you don't allow certain friendships or you try to lead in their lives. And then as they get older, you have to let them make some of those decisions and it's super hard. And then you just really pray for them. So, you know, your, to answer your question, really, when I say this, and you're going to say this is a Sunday school answer, but only Jesus you know, when we're broken or stressed out in life, we get stuck. I've been there. Moving forward is so hard. But one thing I've done for several years, which began with Michael Hyatt's best year ever study, which I did with you girls, mm-hmm. one year, maybe almost two. <laughs> um, and I take a couple of days at the end of the year before a new one begins. And I pray and ask God how to plan for the new year. I, I ask him for a word for the year. And um, I've encouraged my kids to do that as well. And I've prayed for a word for my kids for the year. God, you know, what is, how can I encourage them in that word? Um, but there are SMART goals, which is an acronym uh, about our goals that stands for specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. And so when you set a goal, you want to make sure that you're specific about it. Uh, I can tell you one goal I haven't really been smart about, just being transparent, is uh, losing those last 15 pounds. Um, I just say, I'd like to lose that weight. That's a goal. And then I do try. But for it to be smart, it means to be specific. This is the number I want to reach, you know, measurable, achievable. You know, if I say I want to lose 50 pounds by next week, that's not achievable. Realistic. uh, Hey, the age I'm at is really tough. So I need to give myself time, right? And timely, having an a time limit to that goal. But I also need to surround myself with a like-minded tribe who will help me to press on with my goals. So in short, it requires a disciplined life that is so hard, you'll spend the rest of your days trying to master your flesh. That's just how I realize every day is. As it says in Galatians 5, 16, so I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The Bible also says that sin desires to master us. If we are not resisting sin, and fighting in the flesh, then we are giving into it. So that's my answer. I'm sticking with it. Y'all have any response to that? No. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> it's super hard. And I'm trying to get Annalise using her planner. Deborah, you started to use that planner and you love it, right? Oh, yeah. It's been so helpful with just getting organized and keeping on track and stuff. It's been really good. The best gift. The best gift I got. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Woo! All right. Well, do you girls have anything else? Goodbye. Um, so yeah. Thanks for letting us come on, Mom. Oh, thank you guys for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been I great. So it's been super fun to be a part of this. And 
Um, I hope you guys have a great night, whoever is listening in. Well, next week, we're going to continue this discussion and moms and sons. Oh, boy, I'm probably going to be roasted next week. But the raw truth is that we can only do our part, but then we can trust God with the rest, which is the greatest thing we can do when we cover our children in prayer. The radical graces, we can only impart. Our children have their own free will, but we can live it out in front of them in a way that is authentic and gracious. And the real hope is we must depart. We must decrease and God must increase in our daughter's lives. You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast where we filter life through the Bible and live life in the freedom of truth. Love you girls. Bye. (laughs) 